Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Look at us, Bills Mafia. Ryan and I just shooting the breeze before we start this uh, here episode of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast, keeping you all waiting. We're so sorry. Ten minutes late. Tisk tisk, Matt Perino. All right, we're brought to you as always by Top Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Um, and are you ready for Slider Sunday? The Bills play the Washington Commanders this Sunday at one p.m. And every time you visit slidersunday.com. You have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gear, trips, and more. One chance per day, no purchase necessary. Visit slidersunday.com. What is up, Ryan Talbot? Hey, not too much. Getting excited for a road game this weekend, man. A little road trip. We are going on a road trip. I'm. Uh, we were just going over the details of that. That's why we were so late. So I am renting a car Saturday morning, 6 a.m., driving to God's country. Only in New York, picking up Mr. Ryan Talbot, and we are just—we're getting after it. We're gonna—we're we're gonna go on a little six-hour road trip, just me and you, buddy, all the way to Washington D.C. We are hosting um, a Q&A at the bullpen in downtown D.C. So if you're going to the game, you live in Washington, you're gonna want to come out there uh, Saturday night. I will tweet uh, some details to that on Saturday. And oh, by the way, you should probably become a Shout Insider because I think Ryan and I are gonna be sending all cu- kinds of odds and end from our trip uh, out uh, via photos in the shout text group, 716-528-6727, Ryan. Yeah, cannot wait for Saturday night with that Q&A. Some uh, Bill's greats, Eric Moulds, Lee Evans, Aaron Williams, and London Fletcher. So it's going to be a good time. A uh, ton of Bill's Mafia, I've heard, are making the trip. And uh, a lot of Bill's fans just living there in general. So can't wait to uh, meet up with everyone. Um, so it was uh, quite a a lengthy Bills injury report today for the first time this season. I mean, going into the first two games in the insider chat, we keep getting all these messages. What's the injury situation for the Bills on a Wednesday? Well, the first two weeks, nothing. I mean, there was no injuries to talk to talk about. We knew uh, from Monday when we talked to Sean McDermott that Micah Hyde and Leonard Floyd coming out of that um, uh, game against uh, the, the Raiders day to day, Hyde with the hamstring. Wow. 
He had that thing taped up pretty well today. Yes, a hamstring, Reggie. And um, <laughs> was that Reggie? That's Reggie. It's always Reggie at this Rabble point. Rouser. Then we got uh, Leonard Floyd with the ankle injury. Uh, Floyd looked like he was all right today. He was doing some work on the bike. He had his, his uh, like a jersey on or some type of uh, jersey on, working off to the side. I think out of all of this group, his prospects are, are maybe the best. And then you have Dawson Knox dealing with a back issue. Which is interesting because, like, and we could get into this in a second, uh, what that could potentially mean for Dalton Kincaid if and when the, the time comes that he can't go in a game. Uh, but then you have Jordan Il uh, Phillips leaving with an illness. He wasn't there today, didn't practice. And then Terrell Bernard limited with a lower leg injury. So you take Terrell Bernard, go back to training or uh, preseason when he missed all of those games with that, what I believe was a hamstring, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Now you have the lower leg issue. Some concerning stuff, and, and maybe we start there. Terrell Bernard, if he can't go, what do you think the plan is, Ryan? And let's get into what this means. Yeah, well, even if there's any question if he can go, I think this is the first week that maybe the Bills elevate Christian Kirksey from the practice squad, kind of an insurance plan as you get closer to uh, making your inactive list on Sunday. I mean, you can elevate a guy and put him on your inactive list, so that could end up being the game plan with Kirksey when all is said and done, but I like the idea. He's been here for a few weeks now. He might be more acclimated to the system. You still do have Tyrell Dodson, uh, someone who has – Plenty of reps in that role was it was right in the mix for the starting job there. But, you know, Bernard, just in general, this is concerning, Matt. This is his second year. Uh, he wins the job despite missing all three preseason games with that hamstring injury. We're still early on in the season, and now he's dealing with another lower leg, uh, knee, quad type issue, or leg issue, that is. So you, you wonder what's the durability of this player. And it's a small sample size. You don't want to read too much into it yet, but he's an undersized linebacker. He's dealt with these leg injuries. Is this something that's going to persist? And if so, yes, you have Kirksey waiting the wings, a veteran uh, that I feel like a lot of Bills fans are very hyped about. And listen, Kirksey's had a fine career, but this is not like an all pro uh, that's been, that's just kind of waiting in the wings here either. Maybe if you do have these concerns about, uh, Bernard, I, I think maybe you you start speeding up the Dorian Williams train, try to get him more yeah. reps in that role, see what he can do in, in the next maybe few months. I think me, if we're talking me and you, like sure, I get sign me up for the Dorian Williams, like let's see what it looks like uh, uh, plan. But I I just don't know if Sean McDermott's operating in that space in year one with Williams. Like I think he's pretty much got him locked in on the outside and. You know, I think bringing in Kirksey almost, you know, pushes that down the road even more. If that even becomes maybe a conversation in the offseason, I think Kirksey is a guy that has familiarity with, you know, Poyer and Hyde. They both probably did a lot uh, recruiting on the recruiting path, like trying to get him here. Beans talked about how much they've wanted him here. And listen, I think when you get a veteran that's seen as many, you know, plays in this league, has been a part of different schemes has a familiarity with Al Holcomb uh, and, you know, uh, obviously Steve Wilkes from their time together in Cleveland who play a similar role. We talked about this a couple of weeks or a, a scheme that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you get the uh, elevation here with Kirksey, because I don't think Dotson. <laughs> I like Tyrell Dotson. I, I, he got eight snaps in this game and you go over to pro football focus who grades every single one of these plays 
And you got to go all the way down the list to find his name. And I just think he struggles. Uh, I think his ability to, to read and react, it's not at the level that it needs to be at. And, you know, this is kind of a bummer for Bernard, who I think, you know, showed some, some signs of, of, of progress last week. And this continues to now be uh, a lingering issue with him long-term is the size, the now injury history. I mean, he seems to have like to have several kind of things pop up over the last two seasons. And at his size, you, you worry about that. So I think Kirksey to me is the safest plan. It's not going to cost you much. You can elevate him for free three different times. And if you get to a point where you want to play him and then maybe move Bernard into a, um, uh, a secondary role, then you, maybe then you just move on from Dotson at that point. Yeah. And last thought on Dotson, and, and I guess more so with the Bills linebacker core in general, I did like the fact that they gave some three linebacker looks at times in that game last week. It wasn't a ton of them. Uh, one actually came on the first series when the Raiders scored a touchdown, but I like that they're at least open to mixing it up and getting three linebackers on the field at times, because that takes us back to the Dorian Williams conversation and, you know, what Kirksey can do. Maybe you have Bernard out there as your third linebacker later on this season. If Kirksey can fill in the, the starting role out alongside Milano better. So I, I do like at least the personnel looks and, and the changes here that we might see over the course of a game or matchup by matchup basis. Uh, something that I'm going to continue to monitor over the next few games. Yeah. Um, let's go to some of these other injuries here. Uh, we, we can start with Daw Dawson Knox because if he can't play, to me, that makes for a really interesting watch in terms of how they deploy the 12 personnel um, and then what that means for Kincaid in his usage. I mean, you're, you're going to probably see him on the field at a similar percentage of snaps that we've seen the first two two weeks, but how much more do they lean in to the 11 personnel and maybe even some four wide receiver looks with Kincaid out there as well. How creative can, can Ken Dorsey get coming off of, you know, if you want to talk about approval rating, I can't remember a game from last season that maybe outside of the Rams game where his approval rating shot up from where it was in week one to where it ended up being in week two. Um, and so I think that if Dalton Kincaid gets a chance to, um, play in, in a more expanded role and, and be the single tight end look on a more consistent amount of plays. They did it a little bit last week. What could that mean potentially for not only his target share, but his stat line? I think it means a, a significant increase in both. And it would be very interesting if Dawson Knox could not go because you're right. You're not going to see then 12 personnel. You're not going to see Quentin Morris out there a lot. In my opinion, he'll get some reps. He'd get some work, uh, but it would allow the bills to kind of open things up a little bit more with, other receivers and when they're in that 12 personnel you're predominantly seeing Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis taking the bulk of the snaps if you're going uh into a a more traditional 11 personnel that gets some of these other players on the field more we've seen glimpses of what Deontay Hardy can do Khalil Shakir uh with the touchdown catch last week and then obviously Trent Sherfield who we we had a uh Shout insider named Mike asking when when are we anticipating the the Trent Sherfield breakout game I don't know. It's going to probably take injuries to get him significant reps on the field. The one thing that he does extremely well, though, is block. So he'll get opportunities to help in that way. Um, but if there is, ever is a time where Knox cannot go, whether it's this Sunday or not, I'm intrigued to see what these other wide receivers behind Diggs and Davis can do. Uh, we had a question here in the chat. I started. It's from Ben. 
over on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us on your, on your Wednesday night. Hit that like button. Subscribe uh, to the channel as well. It really helps us out. Feeling good, Ryan. We're in uh, year year four here on this new channel. Maybe year three. I can't remember now. The, the year is just mixed together. And uh, we're over 9,000 subscribers in the channel. So you guys are killing it. Thank you so much for your support. Have you noticed that Diggs never has yards after catch? I feel like he always drops to the ground after the catch. I have a couple comments on this. First and foremost, you are right. Like I feel like Diggs does a really great job of limiting the amount of big hits that he takes over the course of the season. And I think that style, while maybe not always um, helpful in the pursuit of yards after the catch has allowed him to be available. Like he's Mm. not one of the biggest receivers in the league, Ryan. Like he is on the smaller end. Those hits tend to tend to add up. He's not missed significant time at all over the course of his bills career. And I think if you go back and look at his um, stat line and I will right here in a second and tell you how many games he's missed, it's not many. And Oh, by the way, he leads the bills in yards after the catch this season. He's had a couple of, you know, catch and runs uh, that I think have been pretty impressive. He tends to be a little bit creative in the way that he uses it. Because he does get out of bounds, he does slide, he does different things to limit the punishment. But I do, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I was about to drop a Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, to Ben here. <laughs> he is 13th in the league right now after two weeks with 71 yards after the catch. Uh, but what makes Diggs so smart, to your point, Matt, is he doesn't take that contact after the catch, after the yards. Mm-hmm. He slides down to the ground. He gets out of bounds. So. It, it's a great mix of I'm going to get the yards that I can, but I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to take those additional hits that could uh, get me banged up. So he's doing a nice job of mixing it up a little bit. And, and do you mind if I go into the yards after catch a little bit more here, man? Yeah, that's a, that's a good transition point. Right now, the Bills are number three in the league in yards after catch. This has been an issue for the team the past few seasons. It's They have this explosive offense. Where's the yards after the catch? Right now, they're doing it. The short passing game has been working out nicely. They're sitting at, I believe, 290 yards in terms of yards after the catch through two weeks. Uh, They are 10 yards away from being number one in the league in that category. So it's a night and day change from an area that's been a concern for this team with Stefan Diggs leading the way. 7.4 yards after the catch for Deontay Hardy. Now, a lot of that comes because he's been He's been catching the ball four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage. So of course he's, he's gaining those yards, but I will, I will maintain, like, I, I can't remember where I said this. It might've been uh, on the radio uh, and I, we can get into this more on uh, the Friday preview edition, but I think this could be a spot for Deontay Hardy to test things down the field a little bit because you go and watch that uh, Denver Washington game, Ryan, and there were some explosive, plays on both sides of the ball Marvin Mims had a little bit of a coming out party with uh, the long ball and go back and look at some of those New Orleans Saints highlights from Deontay Hardy a lot of them were coming getting separation beating his guy down the field you know Emmanuel Forbes good really good young receiver uh, took the ball away last week but maybe you know could be there for the pickings. He was in one-on-one coverage against Mims on that play so yeah I, I think from a Bills perspective yards after the catch you're seeing guys Get in space. I think last week you saw the yards after the catch was a very um, efficient, of course, but um, urgent Josh Allen when it comes to getting the ball out of his hands. And, you know, if we want to move this thing forward a little bit, you have to operate in that space against this team, the Washington Commanders. They have four bona fide pass rushers that are just absolutely sensational. I mean, 
Ryan, they had 25 pressures, according to PFF, between the four starters. That is more than like 80% of the league total pressures from last week. Maybe 90%. I don't know the actual numbers. As a team, the Washington Commanders pressured Russell Wilson 37 times. So Josh Allen's got to be ready to, to deal with that, get the ball out of his hands quickly, and that will lead to more yak opportunities. Yeah, and I think that coming off of this win against the Raiders, I mean, that's the blueprint. That's exactly what you need to do against a defensive line as a whole that's more talented than what the Raiders brought to the table. The Raiders have a very talented pass rusher in Max Crosby, uh, but the rest of the line's lacking a little bit. Washington's invested heavily in defensive linemen and talented defensive linemen uh, that can win one-on-one matchups. So, Allen has to be able to get those reads out uh, or get it out to his reads quickly. Uh, let them do the work after the play, avoid taking those hits. You know, there'll be a few times I'm sure that he'll be Josh Allen and he'll scramble, he'll roll around to hold on to the ball uh, maybe a little bit longer than he should. And, and that's okay from time to time, but getting the ball off on schedule is going to be one of the most important parts of this matchup against Washington. We had a, uh, um, Micah High was the other player uh, with the hamstring injury. Again, day-to-day, I think he's probably okay. We'll see if he gets a, a practice or two in here later in the week. I think it's going to be interesting. Like, What do the Bills do if he can't play? Because I think the first thought would be, okay, go with Taylor Rapp, who, by the way, is in the news today because if you remember in the fourth quarter, uh, he, he put a helmet-to-helmet hit on Devontae Adams that – a sent Devonte Adams out of the game. He got checked for a concussion. He was in the protocol leading up to today, which he did have a full practice, but was listed on the Raiders uh, injury report. And Devonte Adams was not happy about it. I mean, he came out and said, that's why a guy like Taylor raps on the field. And, you know, if, you know, maybe if he learns how to play the game, he won't be just coming in in garbage time. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Um, he called it a absolutely unnecessary hit. And listen, watching the replay back, it's not a good look. I know Rap's probably in the game trying to make a play, flying sideline to sideline, uh, but you got to be able to kind of like miss there. So it'll be interesting to get his side of things. But I don't think it's a, a, a super clean fit to just put in Rap for Hyde. I think they might even consider maybe Cam Lewis. Yeah, Cam Lewis would be in play. And obviously, if Micah Hyde were to miss the game, uh, I would anticipate then DeMar Hamlin getting a jersey. Doesn't mean that he would necessarily get a significant chunk of playing time because, like you said, you have Cam Lewis as an option. You have Taylor Rapp as an option. Uh, you, you can give these different looks. But like going back to the original point, he's listed as day-to-day. I think there's a good chance that he plays. We had a few questions on uh, the insider chat line. Should the Bills maybe consider resting Micah Hyde with Miami on the horizon? That's not really in their MO. They're not a team that's going to say, well, next week we have this team. It's probably more important to have him ready for that one. If he's good enough to go against Washington, he's going to play. Uh, And then you obviously hope that he stays healthy in this game. So he is good enough to go against Miami and Jacksonville and a lot of other really good teams. But they don't usually just sit a player out because he's slightly banged up. You have to be pretty well injured to miss time in in a uh, game setting for this team. But the Bills do have options if you were to miss this game. Oh, Adam is coming after you in the comments Uh-oh. here, Ryan. It's like, well, it's week two, Ryan. It's easy to say fifth in the NFL after two weeks. Let's talk after eight weeks. But it is promising. And then he signed his, his name, Adam. I like it. I like the signing of the Ryan. Name. That's right. But to be honest with you, though, that is a now uh, side effect of the insider text line. 
because when Ryan and I are talking to fans, like if we're having a conversation or answering a question, they're going to want to know who's answering. Could be either of us, right? So we got to sign off on our name with our name. Yeah. And, and here too, because I mean, and we're using the NY up account. So who's responding? I like to put my name on it. I respect that about you and I appreciate yeah. it. All right. Where are we going next? Uh, let's take some more shout insider questions. I like it. Where do you so, want to go? Sophie wanted to know what are the benefits of Josh Allen playing under center? She said she's heard a lot about uh, why quarterbacks should play under center more. Josh Allen did it quite a bit last week against the Raiders. Um, And I'll start with this and then you can kind of pick up on it, Matt. But there's a lot of reasons that playing under center has its benefits. You know, first of all, your eyes are up immediately. Your, your hands are under the center waiting for the snap. You don't have to wait for the shotgun snap to come in where your eyes are on the ball coming in, handling that, then making your reads. Uh, two, play action, in my opinion, is more effective when you're under the center because when you turn your back, uh, the opposing team doesn't see that if you are keeping the ball, if you're actually handing it off on those plays, you can kind of hide the ball a little bit better, which sometimes frees you up, whether it's a, a run play for Allen uh, or whether he's just trying to roll in a certain direction and, and get some space to make a play down the field. Uh, and then, you know, last but not least, it's I, I wouldn't say the playbook's condensed in the shotgun, but I think you are limited to a certain extent in terms of what looks you can give. Um, you can do RPOs with your running back. You can you can make it look like you're handing it to him and then keep it at the last second but it's not as effective and there, there might just be certain plays that you can't run out of the shotgun that you can do when you're under center. Right. And, you know, I think to me, it's a comfort thing, which with, with whatever Ken Dorsey ends up calling, because, you know, I think one of the reasons they go out of shotgun so often is on a five or seven step drop, like just from an outsider's perspective, you have to, locate the spot that you're going to throw off of the platform. Right. And then you have to go through your reads or some kind of combination of the two. It, I mean, sometimes like you're in, in motion trying to maybe hit your first read. I don't know what the rules are there. I'm not an NFL quarterback. Uh, interesting to maybe talk about this with Josh at one point, but I think just watching him over the years and why he operates so well out of shotgun is because he can kind of immediately get into his survey. Right. Like as soon as you're in, in shotgun, if you you see a lot of times where he'll take the snap and then just immediately go to throw position, your eyes have already started to diagnose the defense and how they react to the players that are running routes. So I think fr- from that comfort perspective, like it's felt like Ken Dorsey just tries to lean into that for the quarterback, for his player. And he always talks about like making them feel comfortable so that they can play fast and operate. And maybe that's the the key to him playing fast. But you also have to get to a point, and this is something where I've argued on the other side of the ball defensively, why I think Sean McDermott should get out of the nickel look more, is that you become predictable a little bit when you rely on one way to play over and over again, even if you're really good at what you do, right? Because you know like that personnel package isn't coming off the field, so the different things that you can do, especially the higher-end offenses, they've exploited like matchups in those settings over the years. And so I think like we saw last year, last week, if you can get him under center, throw different looks at the defense that then gives you more options as the play caller. Uh, I was listening to Nate Tice on the athletic football show. I might've mentioned this a couple weeks ago. And he said, one of the things that surprised him about that jets game is that the bills weren't under center more. He thought that would be something that Ken Dorsey leaned into a little bit more this season. So I think as they go on and they find success with it, 
there's probably going to be more of it to come. Yeah, I think that's a great point to it as well. And more mixing and matching. Once you find success with under center, you, you can utilize that more. Steve wants to know Washington's D line is definitely legit, but is the rest of the roster. I would say we're going to find out on Sunday. I mean, yes, the, the opposition that Washington has faced has not been that impressive, Matt. It's been Arizona. It's been Denver. Although I feel like Denver's offense at least has been much better under Sean Payton. Um, Russell Wilson looks a lot better with him than he ever did last year. But at the same time, you, you know, those are not world beaters. Those are not Super Bowl contenders. I will say this. I've been impressed with Sam Howell and um, watching him play this season. There is one throw, a video clip that I, I know is circulating on social media. I don't want to use the term arm arrogance, but this throw that he makes was into – there's two or three defenders in the path and he just laid a laser on his receiver in the end zone over the coverage. It was a great throw. Mm-hmm. I like their one, two punch running back. I especially like Robinson jr. And then we've talked already on Sunday after the pre uh, after the show, the post game show that they also have some really good talented wide receivers. So there's a lot of things to like about this team. Uh, I'm not sure that they're ready yet to take that next step and be a playoff team or uh, even maybe get break 500, but I think that they are much improved and they're going to uh, be interesting to watch, see how the bills match up with them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a, what he's seen in the league perspective already, like something that I was impressed with. I mean, you look at the the stats, he was pressured 20 times, uh, sacked four times. Uh, this offensive line ranks 15th through two weeks in pass block uh, grades via PFF. So this is a group that, you know, it's it's among the middling part of the – they're better in the run blocking area, and they got a couple of runners, like you mentioned, that they're going to lean on. But I was talking to John Kime earlier today. I posted that podcast, and one of the things he said was the screen game and how willing they are to u- utilize it. Mm. That, to me, is something – an area of concern for the Bills. It's in both games – Josh Jacobs got off on a couple. Dalvin Cook got off on one. We saw the big Brees Hall one uh, in the in the game in week one. So that's an area where the Bills have to really be buttoned up. And I think like for a young quarterback like they're going to face in Howell, you do have to bring that kind of pressure and, and try to force turnovers, which if I'm not mistaken, they didn't turn the ball over a single time in that game. Russell Wilson had the one interception. And to me, that was the difference in the game. It was like, who's going to flinch first? Who's going to make the first mistake? Um, I think the Bills defense is more suited to, you know, force them to kick field goals. I mean, they had a lot of touchdowns. They had some spectacular plays. Um, I think the Bills in week three, that's almost like the time when you don't want to be playing this defense where they got a couple of games to kind of figure out what's gone right, what's gone wrong. Uh, But up front, I mean, you talk about Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Rousseau, if Floyd's able to play, um, they're going to want to put a lot of pressure. And, you know, if Floyd can't play, I mean, big opportunity potentially for Kingsley Jonathan. Absolutely. And and I I see it in the comments. You mentioned Sam Howell does hold the ball too long at times. So that could be something that benefits the Bills in terms of uh, the pressure, in terms of uh, maybe getting some interceptions or creating some turnovers in that regard. But the screen area is a concern based on the plays the Bills have allowed through two weeks. And Eric Bieniemy is doing a good job of scheming things up here for Washington. Uh, don't want to say he was written off, but it was just never felt like he was given serious consideration for a head coaching job, despite mm-hmm. being with Kansas City for all those years. And he had to settle for an offensive coordinator job this offseason, almost like a 
you need to go out and prove in another place where there's not Patrick Mahomes or there's not Andy Reid uh, that you, you can help improve an offense. And, you know, through two weeks, so far, so good. A lot of promising signs. And he knows the Bills well from his time in Kansas City. Uh, they've played each other for many years now. So he's going to have a good game plan against this Bills defense. The Bills are going to have to come and really force the, a young quarterback like Howell into making some mistakes. Um, if you don't want to be forced into making mistakes, make sure you start your slider Sunday winning streak with Kings Hawaiian this football season and earn rewards to redeem for free product, brand swag, tailgating gear, and more. Visit slidersunday.com for details and head over to Tops Friendly Markets. Get yourself hooked up with whatever latest deals uh, they got going on out there. Ryan, tell everybody a little bit about the shout text line, please. Yeah, absolutely. Bill's Mafia, you can join us for a two-week free trial. And it's Matt and myself sending out broadcasts, which are uh, messages to everyone in the group chat. And you can respond to them, and we can get back to you one-on-one. A lot of your questions are used in our live shows. Uh, It's a great interactive back and forth. We've had Shout subscribers tell us, This allows them to get the news delivered directly to them without them having to search on social media, find things, or or maybe things that they would have missed otherwise. We're delivering right to them. So you need to check it out. And Matt, what's that number? 716-528-6727. Text it for a two-week free trial. If you want a month free, DM me on Twitter at Matt Perino, X, whatever you're calling it this this week. Uh, email me mperino at nyup.com. And the shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234. Check out litrolaw.com. All right, Ryan, what's the next question? Uh, the Bill strategy for this game, should they be pass happy uh, against a team like Washington, knowing the pressures that they had that came from Ed. And there's some, there's some questions that I think kind of go along with that. If the bills decide to be a little bit more balanced, should they consider using all three backs kind of like they have the first two weeks? It took a while for Murray to get on the field against the jets, but should they continue using all three backs on a weekly basis or should it just kind of be matchup based? See, I, I kind of like what we saw on the running backs question. Um, I kind of like what Ken Dorsey did in that James Cook was like the first one out of the gate. Um, it felt like, you know, a couple of ho-hum runs, maybe some short yardage runs, and then just like a, a change of pace, right? Like Latavius Murray is a completely different uh, experience for a defense. And I think just that, like whether it be two or three carries, nothing crazy, and then bring Cook right back and then go to Harris later in the game. I think you can really kind of set your drives up in terms of how things are going in the game and the style of runner you want on that drive. So I'm, you know, I heard Thurman Thomas today driving home. He was on One Bills Live and he, he hates this running back by committee league that we live in uh, <laughs> these days. Obviously, he's an old school feature back kind of mindset, but from a bill's perspective, I like it. And in a game where they used all three running backs pretty prominently, like, I mean, Harris had a touchdown. He had a couple carries in a drive. Murray had a couple carries in a touchdown cook still eight. He still got the majority of the work. And that's what I think you want to end up at each week. Yeah. As long as it looks like what it did last week, I don't mind all three backs getting work, getting into the game. I think where I had a problem with the running back by committee approach 
was the past few seasons where give Devin Singletary a few runs. Well, he's not, he's doing okay, but let's get Zach Moss in there before, you know, they traded him away at the deadline last year. Moss could never get going. Singletary could never get going. And, and when you're doing it that way, it doesn't help. The way the Bills have utilized James Cook, they have made him the running back one of this team. It's been clear with the workload, both carries and uh, as a pass catcher. But then when you sprinkle in a Murray and a Harris, that's when I'm okay with it. As long as you're not, you know, riding the hot hand, so to speak, or, or make, getting too cute with it where guys can't get into a, a rhythm. That's when I have a concern with it. But so far, I do like what they've been doing with the backs, Matt. What was the other question? Sorry. Uh, should the Bills be pass happy against a defense like mm. this that can create so many pressures? Yeah. I mean, like, so this is a little bit of a different version of the defense. Uh, for the commanders, this is a um, obviously Chase Young coming back, um, the best version of Sweat and um, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. I mean, this is a, a really good defensive front that, you know, commanders fans have been waiting for this group to be healthy together. Now, I will say Josh Allen absolutely torched this team a couple of years ago. I think he threw for 300 some odd yards. I think he had four touchdowns. Um, and all four of these guys played. Now it was a different version of the defense with a different defensive line coach who they fired and kind of changed the approach over time. And uh, we'll see if that materializes in this game. But, you know, I think the back seven can be had. I think that there's not a lot of matchups that you're going to hate if you're Josh Allen. And if you're smart, if you can navigate the pocket. I mean, for as under siege as Russell Wilson was last week, he still had himself a pretty decent game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Let me look up the, the yards here. 308 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he had the interception. He had some turnover-worthy plays, a couple of them, and one interception had a fumble as well. But overall, I think you take, um, you know, 18 for 32, 308 yards. You'd like a couple more completions for Josh, but he's been delivering at that rate. He's leading the league right now in completion percentage. Yeah, and you don't change your identity for any defense that you're going against. They didn't change their identity against the Jets. And yes, there were three interceptions in that game and a fourth turnover. They didn't change their philosophy against a Raider team that had Max Crosby. I don't think they're going to change their philosophy or who they are uh, against a very talented Washington defensive front. This is still a team that has an elite quarterback in Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're going to be more pass-happy, quote-unquote, uh, when you have a quarterback like that, regardless of who you're going against. So get the ball out on time, get it out on schedule, avoid taking those hits. And, and you're right. It was a much different defense, but I feel like in that game, Washington may not have even had a sack or if they did, it was very few. I remember Chase Young being very frustrated after that game specifically uh, in terms of the, their inability to get Josh Allen down often. So the Bills can counter it, but still stay very, you know, pass heavy, so to speak, on Sunday. Yeah, Nikki G over on YouTube, one of our regulars. How about Gabe Davis having a true wide receiver two role uh, last week against the Raiders? Not only wide receiver two role, but a, a wide receiver two quality performance. Six yeah. catches on seven targets, 92 yards, a touchdown. Talk about some of the run after the catch that you saw in a couple of spots and just the hands. I mean, one of the underwhelming, so I know, um, what was his name again? Was it Ryan, Adam? Who was it that was that was coming at you earlier in the show? <laughs> I, I was it Adam? I think it was Adam. 
Yeah, with the yak. He did say he wasn't coming at me, and I get it. I get where he was coming from. I know. I'm just, I'm just messing it around. It was Adam, yep. I, Adam I think, you know, it's funny. Adam, I know it's just week two, so I don't want to overreact to these stats, but the Bills only have one drop through two games. That's that's huge. I mean, I actually think it would be a worthwhile exercise to go back last season and see how many games they had with only one drop. Or, uh, or or less or less than two drops. Um, you know, there were a lot of mistakes last year. And that was one of the things that a couple members of the team, coaches and players talked about this offseason, wanting to be better. You know, Gabe Davis going out there and making a couple of the catches that he did, showing the, that those sure hands um, that I think gains confidence of your quarterback. Huge development here early in the season. Yeah, the lack of drops has been very promising. Gabe Davis was outstanding in this game against the Raiders. Uh, we already talked a little bit about this, but the fact that he knew when it was a free play that, you know, you could go straight down the field and try to score a touchdown, try to get a 50, 60 yard score in that situation. But instead, he did the smart and savvy thing that a number one or number two receiver should do get down the field, but find an open spot. So 19 yards down the field, catches the ball, uh, moves the chains much more valuable than a five yard penalty. Uh, his chemistry with Allen was on display where Allen had to break off a play rollout and Gabe Davis broke off his route, went downfield 40 yard gain. He did a little bit of everything that you wanted in a wide receiver two type of role where he wasn't as, in, as involved in week one in the passing game. So it was a very promising outing for him. Seeing him finish as their leading receiver is always a good sign. And then going to the drops, it's why you, you draft a guy like Dalton Kincaid who has unbelievable hands. It's why you want to get James Cook the ball more as a receiver, viewed as the best pass catching back in last year's draft. You know, you, you can still throw the ball a lot, but improve your drops if you get guys that have more sure hands in here and give them more opportunities. And small sample size, but we've seen it so far. Great stuff. I'm just, Thank you. I was just listening. I was All impressed. Right. Well, I have a few, there's a few hate. more here. There's a few more. So, uh, <laughs> Phil Munson, should the Bills take a similar approach to Chase Young as they did Max Crosby? You can't. Yes and no. I was going to say yes. I in, just, an, in, a, in an ideal world, yeah, you want to help Spencer Brown. You want to make sure that uh, you can chip these guys. But to what you just said, you can't. There, it's four across. This is a very, very talented D line. So you can try to help from time to time. You can try to take that approach, uh, but it's not the same quality of defensive line. It's a much better D line across the board in Washington than what we saw in Las Vegas. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here because we got a preview show on Friday sure. to get into. But I'll just say this: this is a defensive line that, you know no matter what you do, you're going to probably lose matchups. To me, one of the guys that has to come out of this game with a huge performance is Deion Dawkins. Your franchise left tackle, probably going to be matched up on, on Chase Young, just done well against him in the past. I I should actually go back and look at that uh, 2021 game and, and see how Deion played in that game, see how many times they matched up. But, you know, this this defensive line, you you know going in they're going to make some plays right? It's just about how can you offset what they do well? And we talked about it already, you know, getting the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, figuring out a way to run the ball. I mean, Denver didn't really run the ball uh, great, but they also didn't have, in my opinion, a commitment to the run. Like, you know, if you, if you can kind of sustain it a little bit, um, you know, 12 carries for 44 yards, 
33.7 per, per rush for Javante Williams. Um, only one carry for Samaj, Samaj P. Ryan, which I thought, you know, get him maybe more involved. I'm not sure if he got maybe got banged up in that play. Then they had the one rushing ch- touchdown by uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, but yeah, I think that this is a team that you can maybe potentially run against, especially if they're going to be aggressive in how they rush the passer. Run against them. I would love to see the Bills utilize the screen game of their own. If they're getting upfield, if they're having some success, use their aggressiveness against them. And I get it. They can win with the front four, so it might not work as well. But the the Bills have been sprinkling in the screen game a little bit with more success than they've had the past few seasons. Uh, It felt like a a glaring weakness for them. So I'd like to see that too. Or the quick outs where it's immediately in the players' hands, whether it's Cook, Diggs, etc. You know, Diggs had a, a short pass like that last week that went for. Uh, close to 20 yards. So that can be done too. There are ways to beat a defense like this where they might win their matchups up front, but you can still get the ball out quickly and let your playmakers make plays. If you want to make plays uh, this Sunday, visit the Tops Deli section and look for the bright orange Kings Hawaiian displays to scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes and visit topsmarkets.com slash slider Sunday for slider recipes that'll make you the popular one at the party on game day. Love it. What a smooth transition. Just that's what that's, I try to bring something to the these shows, Ryan. All right. I'll pick you up. I don't know. 8 a.m. Saturday. We're going on a little road trip. Um, before then we got, we got to do this uh, preview show. We'll be, that'll be about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll do that maybe Friday afternoon. Uh, drop that for you guys. And like I said, if you're going to be in the Washington area on Saturday, come out to the bullpen. We're doing a Q&A with uh, Eric Molds, Lee Evans, Eric Wood, Aaron Williams. It's going to be a great time. Uh, get a chance to kind of meet and greet with some Bills fans. And then we'll cover a football game on Sunday. Boom. There it is, Bills Mafia. Can't wait to see you. Ryan. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. See you guys on Friday. <laughs>